Welcome to Five Cats, Two Pussies. This is Ronnie. And this is Lindsay. And we are recording episode 42 together outside again. We totally are. (laughs) So as last week, we may run into some background noise. Maybe it'll rain on us. We don't know. But we're going to take it from the top and it'll be awesome. And we're glad that you're here. We are so close to 52. So close. (laughs) I can almost taste it. Ah, it's amazing. (laughs) We have a great episode planned and prepared. We can't wait to talk with all of you about pokeweed. Pokeweed. I always wanted to call it pokeweed. Me too. Like (laughs) Pokemon. Me too. But there's no accent on the E. (laughs) No, there's not. Yeah, I think it's it's just pokeweed. It is just pokeweed. (laughs) Oh, well. But before we get into pokeweed, I wanted to do travel back in time a little bit to that lovely era where, Lindsay, you got a litter robot. And I know you had some initial success, but I am curious, a couple months on now, how's your sink poop situation? So there have been zero sink poops. Now, success! This is mostly because we keep the bathroom door closed at all times now because I just can't with the sink poops anymore. That's also a good strategy. (laughs) For the first probably like month or two, Mr. would still go to the bathroom door and meow at it after every meal when he does his business, (laughs) wanting to get in so that he could poop in the sink. Now that has mostly stopped. However, I think it was probably like three days ago pterodactyl had just pooped in the litter robot and it hadn't cycled yet i have it on like a seven minute cycle so it doesn't go at like immediately after they're done pooping no no terrify them yeah no it gives it a little time to like clump oh yeah that makes sense before it cycles so pterodactyl had just gone it hadn't cycled yet and mr was frantically meowing at the bathroom door and i'm talking to him i'm like dude (laughs) you're gonna have to wait (laughs) i'm not opening that door for you and he he did it a couple of times and then maybe like three minutes later it cycled and he was like okay Oh, nice. Time for me to go. (laughs) I like that you essentially, uh, your litter robot has become like multiple litter boxes. Like it's separate litter boxes and they don't have to smell each other's poop. Yeah, basically. That's nice. It's wonderful. (laughs) I would buy it a hundred times again. (laughs) So I'm still not on the litter robot train, but I have noticed there is a noticeable difference since Nimbus is no longer with us and Kenway's incessant scratching at his litter box. <laughs> so he used to wake us up every single night. Like every night it would be like, Kenway, fucking stop it. Oh he gosh. would just scratch and scratch and scratch at the litter box. And then he would scratch at the wall outside the bathroom. And it's like, you, like you're not doing anything. But he's a very tidy cat, very yeah. tidy fellow. And Nimbus was a spite pooper <laughs> and would just <laughs> leave his log on top of the litter and not cover it up. And that's a sign of dominance. And yeah. yeah, so Kenway would go in behind him and cover it up and freak out. And yeah, anyway, that stopped. <laughs> and we now sleep through the night. It's nice. That's, that is nice. That is nice. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so annoying. <laughs> so crazy just furiously it has to smell like me it has to smell like me yeah yeah he would just get so like so (laughs) mad i don't get the scratching the wall thing it's like that's not gonna help (laughs) yeah 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 but 
and yeah and even like even if we'd like we'd clean it and it'd be brand new fresh litter in there and nobody had used it he'd still go in and scratch he and Again, he hasn't done this at all. He doesn't give a fuck about Jenga's poop. <laughs> He's like, whatever. We all know I'm boss. <laughs> Sweet. So, before we talk about pokeweed, I've got a little something special for our listeners. We chatted last week a little bit about, you know, sort of hanging in there and fighting the fight. And that got us to thinking... You know, what can what can we do uh, as a podcast and that sort of thing? And we do our own little things here and there. But we're both believers in the post office. It's fucking foreign to me, the idea that there possibly wouldn't be a post office uh, as in, in, like as a foreign person. <laughs> this is like, wh- why? Why is this? Why is this even a conversation because the postal service is an essential service. It would be like not having fire trucks. Like just just have the fucking post office. Anyway, so we decided we were going to buy a bunch of stamps. And we actually have already a fair amount of stamps. <laughs> uh, and we both love receiving mail. We both love sending mail. So if you want to get a little care package and support the United States Postal Service, which if you are listening... <clears throat> If you're listening in Canada, because we do have a fair amount of Canadian and British and other listeners, if you're listening from elsewhere, I have global stamps. So we got you covered. <laughs> and if you want to check out what's going on with the U.S. and their postal service, it's fucking bananas. So uh, do some online reading. Check that shit out. It's it's horrendous. And stamps is a great way to support the postal service here. So if you want a little care package from us, a care package from your pussies, which to which... Uh, drop us a line. Send us your address or the address that you would like things sent to because you could send stuff to your mom or your bestie or whatever. Send us an address where you would like things mailed to and we will send you a little care package. It'll be a little individual surprise. You can send us your uh, information via Instagram. Send us a DM or you can uh, hit us up in our email. Don't have to send us anything long. Just an address will do. And that's 5C2Ppod on Instagram or 5C2Ppod at Gmail. And we will send you a little personalized package. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> Sending presents is like my favorite thing in the world. I love mail. I like. I grew up having pen pals all over the world. And I love writing letters. I love sending letters. And I don't do it nearly often enough. Um, and yeah, I, I can't wait. I hope I hope everyone listening sends us their information. We got so many stamps. <laughs> so many stamps. And again, we do have global stamps. So wherever you live, we'll send you stuff. Yeah. Totally. Sweet. Well, we'll take a, a little break. Just a little sec. Wet our whistles and we'll be right on back to talk about pokeweed. Yeah. We'll see you soon, witches. Welcome back, witches. Ronnie. <laughs> Hi. Fuck. 
<laughs> ah, we suck. <laughs> we totally suck. Dude, this is the first time in like, what, more than four months? So many episodes recorded apart. Oh my God. And now we're looking at each other. And, yeah, <laughs> our beautiful faces are distracting each other from <laughs> what's important. <laughs> we forgot to light our ritual we candle. We sure did. I even got you to throw me the lighter before we oh, started. I, <laughs> I can't believe it. Oh my God. Anyway, I want to take a second and light it now. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we're going to do that now. Don't blame me, dear listener. I even reminded them like a good engineer, Dan. To light their damned candle. You know you're overjoyed that we forgot. (laughs) Yeah, I thought the bit was dead. You guys are doing so good. And then you just, like, flagrantly abused the candle. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she's lit this week, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, there she goes. (laughs) So, Ronnie. Lindsay. Pokeweed. Yes. (laughs) I have such an important question for you. Really? I do, yeah. Yeah. You may have heard it before, but I'm going to ask it again. Can you smoke Can it? Can you smoke Can it? You smoke it? Good God, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <Aww>. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, do not smoke this one. Uh, in fact, it, it, depending on the time of year, don't even fucking touch this one. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. So this is the second poisonous plant that we're doing it is yeah <laughs> it is this one's kind of scary it can be yeah. <laughs> it sure can be oh man uh so yeah the pokeweed is uh this i don't even know how to describe it it's this weird like bush kind of thing it grows a single stalk and then it starts branching out into other stalks. They can grow up to 10 feet tall. It's got Jeez. really delicate green leaves that are sort of oval shaped. And at the end of the stalks in these sort of like seven inch clusters uh, sort of dangle like it blooms white flowers. And then those flowers, if they're pollinated, become little berries that turn purple. And it's called pokeweed because the berries have an indentation on their butts that looks like somebody poked them. Oh, (laughs) I didn't know that. It's it's actually a very pretty plant and uh, has beautiful uh, dark plum sort of magenta colored stalks depending on how much sunlight it gets. The more sun it gets, the more purple the stalks. If it grows in complete shade, it doesn't turn purple at all. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. That's so weird and crazy. (laughs) And one more fun fact, it fucking randomly grew in my garden. Now, that in itself isn't surprising given on where like where I live and the prevalence of pokeweed in my neighbor's yards and that sort of thing. Sure. But it grew. It has an entire like acre to pick where it wants to grow. It grew in my witch garden next to the other poisonous plants. That is so weird. I love it. So (laughs) weird. It's the only reason I left it there because it grew with the rest of the poisonous plants. Now, do you think that it started growing there because of the birds pooping it there? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. Um, The berries are a favorite of catbirds and cardinals and morning doves, all of which we have in abundance in this yard. And, and to the point that, like, catbirds actually made a nest in the grapevines right next to where the pokeweed grows. <laughs> so, <laughs> again, I'm not surprised that, like, it grew in the yard, but I am surprised, or I'm not surprised, I'm delighted that it grew where I would want it to grow. Yeah. <laughs> like the one spot where I'd be like, mm, okay, you can stay. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's amazing. <laughs> so I guess, you know, if we can't smoke it, why do we want to talk about like this cool poisonous plant beyond, yeah. you know, it's cool and poisonous? Yeah. Why is it so important? So uh, I think that's because you can actually use it for a bunch of stuff. And we are, we want to talk a little bit about um, it's got medical uses. It's got food uses. It has some historical significance. It's got some magical stuff you can do with it. Uh, and so we do want to talk about this. But again, we're not doctors. But on this one, we're very safely saying don't smoke it. Don't make tea with it. Don't like really know what you're doing on this one if you want to play around with it. But there are things that you can do with it. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So which I guess sort of leads me to if like if you can use it, uh, especially like in an in inside way, ingested ingested. <laughs> if you want to take it into your body. <laughs> uh, you know, like how do you use it if safely kind of thing? Yeah. So the first thing that I read, and I had no clue. Like, this is one of those things when I told my mom it was growing in the garden, she freaked out and was like, this is super toxic. It's super poisonous. Like, don't touch it. Wear gloves. Like, oh. if you're digging it up, dig a big hole around it. Don't cut the roots in half. Like, she was very adamant about the dangers of this particular plant. So I was super shocked and delighted to discover you can eat it. <laughs> Whoa, dude. It was like puffer fish shit. <laughs> so you can eat it, but you have to get it when it's very young. When when you've got the first shoots in very early spring. And the sort of rule of three that you're looking for there is it should be one single shoot. So it will start to grow little branches off that stalk as the minute it grows branches, done. Do oh, not no. fucking eat it. But as long as it's one single shoot with leaves, but no branches, you can, that's like step number one. Okay. Step number two is no flowers. Just in case you forgot step number one, <laughs> no flowers. <laughs> the minute it flowers, the whole thing's fucked. Oh no. So, and then step number three is it needs to be green. So sometimes, even on the shoots, the part that's closest to the ground will be slightly tinted pink, depending on how much sunlight it gets. Okay. You need to cut above where it's pink by a couple of inches and eat only the green parts. And it's mostly the leaves that you're looking for, but you can also eat the stalk as well. Uh, but don't eat the roots. Never, ever eat the roots at any point in time, ever. And again, the minute it flowers... The minute it gets branches or by some freak of nature, you forget both those things and the stalk is in any way purple, don't eat it. Oh, my gosh. All right. Super toxic. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably never going to try to eat it. But I did read that if you're going to eat it, you have to, like, boil it. Yes. Yeah. Like. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What I was reading was that you have to, like. You have to take these young leaves and you have to boil it three times. I, I did read of some people doing it like maybe only once, but I was reading that to be safe, you want to like boil it once for five minutes, yep. dump out the water, boil it again for five minutes, dump out the water, and then do that a third time. I like that my foraging book, so I have this beautiful um, Northeast uh, North American urban foraging book kind of thing, and <laughs> its instructions were boil it, 
take a tiny nibble. If it tastes bitter, boil it again. Oh. And then when it stops tasting bitter, it's good to eat. I was like, why? Why? What? Just, just, I like your way better. Boil it three times. (laughs) So, oh, just taste a little. If you have like horrible (laughs) stomach cramps, vomiting, and diarrhea, you know it's not ready. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Yummy, yummy. Can I I have a thrice boiled plant? I'm actually super excited that we're talking about eating it. Uh, there are other names for pokeweed. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I, I only wrote down one because it was the one that excited <laughs> me the most, and it's it's poke salad. So it, I saw the poke salad one, too. It's S-A-L-A-D. How do you spell salad? <laughs> so, yes, that's okay. how, like... Americans will spell it, but it's not actually salad. It's salet. Okay. So cool. it's S A L E T or S A L L E T. Not to be confused with a salad of like raw vegetables. <laughs> salad is an old English word. It means cooked greens. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. And yeah. then somewhere along the way, we have salad, which is salad, which is raw greens <laughs> yeah i guess right G- cool like, yeah <laughs> uh on the uh not to like diverge from salad but on the name kick i also wrote down a couple of names it's also called crowberry Ooh. and american nightshade oh cool those are the two that really struck me cool <laughs> american nightshade it's <laughs> <laughs> my wrestler name <laughs> i love that name for you <laughs> so good Back on the salads, though, I did find a a, a really cool song about <laughs> yes. <Pope> Queen. <laughs> it's called Polk, P-O-L-K, Salad, like a salad, Annie. Polk Salad <laughs> Annie. And it was written and re- recorded in, an, in 1968 by this guy, Tony Joe White, uh, down in the South. I can't remember if they he recorded in Alabama or Tennessee. Probably Tennessee. I'm not quite sure but i listened to it today and it's actually like a dope ass song sweet are you gonna sing it for us no i didn't write down the (laughs) words like you guys you have to listen to it if i can figure out a way to to play it on this podcast like after editing yeah yeah, without us getting sued for (laughs) it then (laughs) i will play it but i'm gonna figure that out first but it was actually in 1969 it was number eight on the Billboard Hot 100. Holy shit! Yeah. And <laughs> That's crazy! Right? And it was number 10 on RPM Magazine's Hot Singles Chart in Canada. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Elvis Presley covered it. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> this is amazing. It's a dope-ass song. I was super surprised. I was like, oh man, this is gonna suck. No, it's cool. Nice. <laughs> and, but it talks about, I'm guessing, yeah. a girl named Annie and her love of well, I mean, not necessarily her love of it, but it's, yeah, it talks about this, this poor, like, southern country girl, Annie, and how they, like, ate this weed. That's awesome. Because it was free. It grew everywhere. It does grow. Ev- it's very invasive. It does grow everywhere. Yeah. I think that polk salad is, like, the mixed, l- or, like, the boiled down leaves, and then they, like, mix it with eggs. Ooh. Like, scrambled eggs and Yum. something else. <laughs> Uh, I do know that it is uh, a common green to eat in the South. Like, this is not, like, here, everybody that I've talked to about it is like, oh, my God, (laughs) pokeweed, get it out of your yard. (laughs) But 
in the South, this is like this is a very common like, yay, this grows in my yard and I can fucking eat it in the spring. And again, I think you need to know how to prepare it and prepare it properly. But they actually like you can buy it canned. Yeah, like, you can. <laughs> you totally can. Let's see if I can get us a can. I don't want to prepare it myself. I don't think I trust. Like it's my ability, and I don't want to wait till spring, dude. But. It's got to already be prepared if it's in a can, right? Yeah, they exactly. Must have already done the yes, like, yes, boiling yeah. and stuff. Yeah, okay, yeah, one hundred percent. But I read as well that like an oh, an old Texas saying, <laughs> but um, in comment threads, and I never read the comment threads, but in a comment thread of like a uh, foraging blog that I was reading, somebody shared that their grandma used to say, their grandma from Texas. Three messes of pokeweed a year keeps the doctor away. Whoa. And, like, that's how important it was to their diet growing up was that, you know, this was a, like, a nutrient-rich thing that you should ingest. Wow. This horrifying toxic plant. (laughs) I'm so afraid of it. I'll try it. I'll try it, though, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So I think (laughs) we should probably talk a little bit about what it does on the poisonous side. Yeah. Like when we say poisonous, poison's a lot of different things. Um, and, and then as well, maybe what some of the like benefits of like eating it are beyond just free greens. There's gotta be a reason people were eating it. Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm going to start with the positives <laughs> uh, <laughs> before we get into the horrifying negatives. I'm not touching this stuff unless it makes my poop come out real good. Oh, it'll do I that. Think it'll make a lot of poop come out. But positives, we think a positive here. So, so if you you find some young pokeweed, you're like, yep, this is pokeweed. And again, it's like, you know, it's like April, and it's just a couple of it's one stalk and a couple of leaves, and you're like, yum, dangerous, delicious plant. <laughs> <laughs> Things that pokeweed has been used historically um, to help with medicinally, whether this is like eating that in salad form. Or you can also make a tincture from it. But it's supposed to be, although I couldn't find an actual medical study on it, everything that I read said it's good for cancer. Yeah, I read uh, that too. Yeah, it's like it's very good for uh, for fighting cancer, um, especially uterine cancer, Oh, uh, for whatever reason. Um, it helps cure ringworm. It's good for arthritis. That's the most common thing that I read is if you want to keep arthritis away, include some pokeweed, um, some salad in your diet. Oh. And it's really good uh, for arthritis. But then the tincture was also used, especially in the 1800s, for syphilis, tonsillitis, and scabies. Wow. Those are three very different things. Very different things. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost like there were a whole bunch of people at war in the South where there was, like, not a lot of medical attention available. (laughs) And maybe some, like, wild plants. Oh, my God, dude. Oh, scabies are so gross. So gross. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, and that's, like, that's a handful of the things. There was a, there was a fairly like lengthy list. Uh, this is one of the few plants we've covered that has nothing to do with the lungs, apparently. Wow, <laughs> which is cool. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's there is good stuff that you can use with it. The tinctures are often made with the roots, which scares me a little bit more. Um, because Isn't the root supposed to be the most mm. toxic part? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but. 
regardless, the the biggest thing is you won't you won't find the tincture sold in a lot of even herbal remedy shops because the amount that you need, uh, or the amount that you're supposed to ingest of pokeweed tincture versus other tinctures is so minuscule. It's like a tenth. Like it's so the description that I saw over and over again was that in a normal tincture. Uh, you would put 50 drops in a cup of water. Oh, wow. And in a pokeweed tincture, you would put maximum five. Whoa. So you're like really not using very much. And that's the limit. Five drops is the limit at which after that, it starts to have an adverse effect. So it stops being helpful and stops starts being harmful. And in the 1800s, surprise, surprise, people didn't know a lot about their doses. And there was a bunch of deaths from pokeweed and pokeweed tincture because there was a little bit of a more is more thought. And they, they were over ingesting. They were do like they were taking a prescribed amount of like I have syphilis and blup blup blup, here's my three drops in the morning kind of thing. And then they're like blup blup blup, here's my three drops at noon, and then blup blup blup, here's three drops at night. And before you know it, they've overdosed on a consistent basis on pokeweed. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. So it does it is it is toxic in small doses over long periods of time if you like over ingest um at the inappropriate times or it can be just downright deadly. Wow. It's so much fun. <laughs> It is so fun. <laughs> That's what makes it so terrifying is that, yes, it can be, like, so, so helpful in the correct dosage. But do you really know what the correct dosage is? <laughs> do you really that, know what your body can handle? Yeah, we, got a world, we got a world full of people that'll have, like, a weed brownie. And then, like, 20 minutes later, they're like, I like brownies and nothing's happening yet. Let me just <laughs> eat the whole brownie now. <laughs> the problem (laughs) that's exactly the problem is people are like oh this isn't fixed i need it fixed now and yeah and then they would overdose on it and yeah and so like if you have like a little bit more than you should but you do that like every day or every other day or whatever but it's like a prolonged period of time then you might get away with just having like just (laughs) but just having stomach cramps or nausea or diarrhea but from there it gets real bad real fast oh no so it can also cause, especially the juices from the stalk or the plant or the roots itself, when it is matured, when it's got flowers and berries and it's purple and, it, you know, it's a real plant. Um, don't fuck with it because the juice from the stalks and the roots, if it gets on your skin undiluted, even in a small amount, because a tincture is a diluted amount in a diluted amount, like it's it, it's nothing. It's like a of weed. <laughs> Like, th- if you cut into the stalk and you get the juice on your skin, it'll cause, like, r- a rash. It'll cause, like, a burning, itching, like, skin infection-style rash. Oh. Uh, if you breathe in the little spores, like, COVID-style. Oh. <laughs> um, like, not even, like, you got juice in your mouth. Like, just there's little spores of pokeweed in the air that you can't see. It can cause shortness of breath convulsions, spasms of the muscles, paralysis, and death. Wow. <laughs> so, so don't fuck with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's why, like, my mom, when I told her it's in the yard, like, freaks out, and she's like, you got to cut all the way around it. Like, 
don't touch the roots. Like cut three times. And I'm like, I, there's no way I could get at that plant at this point. But yeah, like if you're trying to remove it, if you have some in your yard and you want to remove it, and it's already turned purple. You have a couple of choices. Wait for it to die and then do it again next year. Like mark where it was and cut it. Uh, cut it out the following year or very carefully with like with a mask on with safety goggles on with gloves use your shovel to cut a wide swath like you're planting a bush around where the roots are take the whole thing out and then call your like regional city area of like and ask how to dispose of it because if you compost it you're just going to end up with more pokeweed and if you burn it that shit goes in the air yeah. <laughs> so your city or town council or whatever should have an appropriate place where they can get rid of it for you. Jeez. Yeah. Ooh. Wowza. Hey, Ronnie, I have a quick question. Sure. And apologies if you've covered this. I was at times during this particular taping uh, chasing a cat away from the uh, engineer board. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it also can serve as like a perimeter guardian, like to keep creatures out of your stuff. Yeah, yeah, can. So I got a, a hot mom tip. Oh. <laughs> yeah, sure can. So uh, for, on the gardening front, uh, because the roots are so toxic, the like moles and voles and mice and little rodents that burrow like under the ground and might like come eat your carrots or something like that, they won't go through it. Oh. They won't like, because they run the risk of chewing through a pokeweed root while they're making their tunnel and it'll kill them. So they know it's there. And they'll give it a wide berth wow. and just stay stay clear of it. So it sounds like they're a little bit smarter than the other animals <laughs> I've read about who eat it and then probably die from it, like cows and yes. horses and Ca- pigs. Have, have you met a cow? <laughs> yes, but they're so cute and sweet. Yeah, but they're not very smart. <laughs> Aww, so, but pigs are really smart, and I've read That's about fair. pigs eating yeah. it and like dying. Um, on the poisonous front, one more thing I'll mention is because it does make berries. This is one of those things. Sometimes kids put stupid shit in their mouth. It will take less than 10 berries to kill a child. So if you like are walking along and your kid's like, ooh, berries, pop, pop, pop. Like emergency room immediately. This like this isn't a like, oh, let's see if they get a symptom. Like It is very toxic to children. Yes. The tiny little bodies can't process it. Uh, what I read about the berries is that the, it's the seed in the berries that ha- that holds the toxicity and not the actual juice of the berries. And uh, I have read about children eating the berries and being totally okay, possibly because they haven't broken that like thick outer layer of the actual seed in it. But good rule of thumb yeah. is just to like, <laughs> not eat weird berries. <laughs> that would be, I mean... I, I don't know. I used to like suck on a face cloth when I was a little tiny kid. So like, it, I was a I was the kid that like if I saw it and it was pretty, it went in my mouth. Oh, so no. I I empathize with the parents of those children. I, I mean, yeah, it's terrifying. Luckily, my I'm luckily for me anyway because I probably would have. But my mother always told us when we were kids, don't eat weird shit. Like, <laughs> don't eat berries that you see unless I say it's okay. Yeah, just yeah. like don't. So, <laughs> I survived because of that. <laughs> um, so, that actually leads to, uh, I suppose, a sort of another interesting use of pokeweed is 
the toxicity really, like you said, like it is in the seeds. So the juice from the berries itself is used for a bunch of stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, which is really cool. Like you've got this horrifying plant and if you just, you know, again, treat it with some respect and know what you're doing. Like I'm actually kind of hoping that we get enough rain that my, the berries that are ripening um, on my pokeweed plant do fully form and ripen and that I can use the berries to make some magic ink. Ooh, cool, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, you can make one of the prime uses uh, in witchcraft is to make ink with with the poke, poke berry. Yeah, poke berry juice. Poke berry, yeah. <laughs> uh, and... And I think that that's awesome because it was also used for like dyeing clothes and fabric and whatever, um, and uh, as as a colorant for wine. If so, cheap wine. If you like wanted red wine and it wasn't like red enough because you were too lazy to like let the grapes soak with the skins long enough and you didn't get the color you wanted, or it's just really shitty wine, they would add some pokeberry juice to make it purple. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but but you can you can make ink pretty easily, not just from pokeberries, but from a bunch of different stuff. And I found two different recipes. One was, like, clearly way easier. <laughs> and the other one was probably for longevity or, like, viscosity. I'm not sure. Probably oh, both. Oh, okay. So one was just, like, take a... Two cups of berries, smush them up, uh-huh. strain the juice out of them, uh, like, and get all the berry that you can, and then add a teaspoon of vinegar that'll keep it from spoiling, and that's your ink. Oh. <laughs> now, I saw other recipes that were like, do that, but boil it. And I saw one that was like, do that, but boil it and add salt. I don't know what the salt was supposed to do. Oh, yeah. I don't know either. But then I found this super complicated one that was like... Two-thirds of a cup of pokeberries and an eighth of a teaspoon of alum and 3.5 grams of Arabic gum, an eighth of a cup of 100-proof vodka, and three to four cloves. Because, you know, you want your ink to smell nice. (laughs) 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 And I'm wondering if, like, all that extra, especially the Arabic gum, if that's to, like, have a nice viscosity for dip pens and that sort of stuff. Yeah, Yeah, probably. (laughs) <laughs> but a lot of times the witchcraft poke ink, uh, poke weed ink is used in place of blood. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know exactly where that started or why, but I did read a lot of like, instead of blood, you could use poke weed ink. And that makes me wonder what spell you're casting or what scroll you're writing that requires blood. And then why is poke weed the equivalent? Right. But... Yeah, why? But I couldn't find anything. I just everybody, literally every blog and every article said the same thing. You could use it instead of blood, and I was like, yeah, but why? (laughs) So weird. So I did read about ink that uh, that it was used to write the Declaration of Independence. Do you know anything about that? Yeah. So I read a shit ton of that too, which totally makes sense given the time period. But the national. National Archives, that's where they, yeah, that's where you keep your independence declaration. Um, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So the National Archives. <laughs> I, don't I was know. like, I wanted to say the National Museum, but I think it's the, na- that doesn't make any no, sense. National Archives is a place. Yeah. yeah. So the National Archives um, dispute that. It's a very common 
like I guess misconception uh, that it was pokeweed ink, but they said it was iron gall ink. I don't know what iron gall ink is, but it has nothing to do with pokeweed. Iron gall. Yes. For Americans, that's iron gall. <laughs> <laughs> you jerk face. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. (laughs) (laughs) But but it was really popular for Civil War soldiers to make ink uh, from pokeberries to write letters home and that sort of thing. Because it was everywhere. It was everywhere. They didn't have anything else. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And and you could just like, you could rely on the fact that wherever you're headed, there's going to be more pokeberries. So you didn't have to like bring ink with you. Yeah. yeah, I think that was cool. That is super cool. I wonder if there are any letters surviving from the Civil War that were written in pokeweed ink. Probably. Probably. But they wouldn't be purple. No. So the ink itself, when you make it, has a sort of like raspberry purple color. Um, but over time, the ink turns brown. So oh. it would just look like brown ink. Oh, okay. And I know there's a whole line of science that you can, like, look under a microscope to be like, what type of ink is this? But, yeah, that would be really cool to have a Civil War era letter. I mean, it would be cool to have a Civil War era letter, period. Yeah. But to have one that you knew was made with poke ink, that would be awesome. So cool. <laughs> I like old <laughs> shit. It's weird. <laughs> um. And so I, I want to stay, I guess, on the the magic side of things just yeah. for one more second. Because um, with the, instead of blood use, one of the th- other things that I saw that it can be used for is specifically breaking hexes and exorcisms. <gasps> Dude, is it because if you, like, eat it, you spew out a bunch of <laughs> shit? Oh, my God. That's exactly what Holy I Holy shit. expel demons from someone's body like poltergeist style right that's exactly what i thought of because or no the exorcism yeah sorry yeah yeah sorry yeah the the exorcist (laughs) uh because if like if you ingest too much and it's not even too much if you ingest like what you think would be a normal amount you'll start vomiting you'll get diarrhea and then you'll have spasms and convulsions oh my God. and people thought that was the demon leaving your body that's insane and so yeah that <laughs> it is insane it's insane they were purposely poisoning people to cast the demon out of their body or break a hex <laughs> they're just poisoning the person <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> as as a believer in witchcraft, sometimes this shit just makes me like g- want to shake someone. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. How but, awful. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And then of course like they like they'd get over it when they die. <laughs> but they like if they get over it then they'd be like, "Oh, I guess I'm fine now." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's still used. Uh, in like hex breaking rituals and that sort of thing, at, like because of that, a lot of times modern witchcraft and modern spells have these sort of roots in history. But yeah, this one really like was like I see the direct correlation here. Yikes! <laughs> Is it used more like externally in modern witchcraft? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And th- now it's more like you use like if you want to like write. Something like if your spell involves like a 
an ink component of like writing something down or that sort of thing, then you would use poke ink and use that to like break a curse or break a hex or okay, rather than like sucking on a pokeweed berry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Ugh. I yeah. do have to wonder what they taste like, though. Apparently, they taste terrible. Oh, really? Yeah. Ew. Yeah. I, I just, everything I've read is like, they taste terrible. Somebody had to eat it. <laughs> I mean, I'd pass anyway, but. The the greens, though, that that salad stuff, is supposed to taste like asparagus. Oh, really? To the point that they were like, you can make a quiche with it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, do eggs. Yeah. They love, that, they love it with the eggs. Yeah. I, I I really truly do want to try this. I think it'd be awesome. I'm gonna <laughs> let you try it first because I'm still a little afraid. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I uh, two more bits of poke pokeberry pokeweed information for you. Cool. First is magical to wrap that one up, but much like the voles and moles and things, if you have pokeweed like around your garden, it's not maybe a terrible idea to leave it there because they won't break that perimeter it's also thought that if you have pokeweed that surrounds your house that it will ward off and keep away evil spirits oh yeah i wonder if that has anything to do with the exorcism stuff it must (laughs) (laughs) it's gotta (laughs) yeah that's that's gotta be like together but i just i was thinking about it i was like the idea of just having pokeweed growing outside of like my windows just gave me the willies i was like i don't don't know like i'm all about having a poison garden but like yeah (laughs) Uh, (laughs) the the last two are more historical and i just thought they were really neat um the first one is that apparently um and i would love to actually get the like Native American perspective on this and not just like some white people writing it down. But <laughs> apparently um, it was used as a paint um, to paint your horse. Uh, oh. Because that is a thing <laughs> that uh, Native Americans in North America would decorate their horses, paint their horses with like spiritual guide and uh, and like to communicate different things about their horse and, and protect them from things and that sort of stuff make them really brave, whatever that horse needed. But apparently pokeweed was one of the things that they used to paint them. Oh. Which I is mean, that cool. ma- yeah, that makes sense. It's all over the place. If, if, if it can be made into an ink, it can certainly be made into a dye. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's definitely used for dyeing like wool and cloth and that sort of thing. Uh, I like the idea of the fact that the vibe of the rider of the horse can really influence the behavior of the horse that's being ridden. Is that correct, Ronnie? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, it can, for so, sure. So if you're painting your own horse, then and you're giving yourself like the strength and confidence to go on the hunt or go into battle or whatever, then it just makes sense the horse would feed off the vibes of being painted. Yeah, for sure. Ab- <laughs> absolutely. Aww. I mean, horses have their own personalities and their own temperaments and and how you treat a horse, you know, will affect those things and, you know, like any other animal or pet. But yeah, that's absolutely put somebody very calm on a horse that horse is going to be more calm you put somebody who's fired up uh that horse is going to pick up on that for sure all right last one what you got so most of the plants that we've covered most of the herbs that we've covered over the last 42 and this 42 and change episodes have come from somewhere else and ended up in north america this is one of the few 
that is native to North America. It started here first. So crazy. And the Europeans loved it so much for all those <laughs> exorcisms <laughs> and hex breaking and tincture poisonings. <laughs> uh, they loved it so much that they took it to Europe with them. And now it's prevalent, very prevalent in Europe and invasive there as well. So wow. it works both ways. We invaded their territory with pokeweed. Hell of a lot more poisonous than some of the things they gave us. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I like the idea of like in the 17, 1800s where they were like, yes, this plant is awesome. It's delicious and also makes this awesome tincture. See how hard they shake? <laughs> it's getting the arthritis right out of them. <laughs> Don't you want to take this back to England? <laughs> and take it they did. <laughs> Uh, awesome yeah <laughs> well that's pokeweed it's it's a real treat <laughs> i again gonna get us a can of that salad stuff and we should definitely try and check that song out but yeah check the yeah. song out it's, it's <laughs> real good don't smoke it don't drink it sometimes make ink with it <laughs> uh i guess call us if you need an exorcism <laughs> But we'll take a short break. We'll be right back. And yeah. Yeah. That's that's pokeweed. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I can't, I can't get over the fact that they're like, this is good for you. <laughs> it's all good. Maybe someday they'll figure out a way to like regulate dosages and really, really make it good for everybody. That would be awesome. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well. I have it under good engineer authority that you're about to hear Poke Salad Annie before you hear any more of our witches. Ooh. Engineer magic. Engineer magic. See you soon, witches. Some of y'all never been down south too much. I'm gonna tell you a little bit about this so that you understand what I'm talking about. Down there we have a plant that grows out in the woods and the fields. Looks something like a turnip green. Everybody calls it poke salad. Poke salad. You snow a girl live down there and she'd go out in the evenings and pick her a mess of it. Head home and cook it for supper. Cause that's about all they had to eat. They did alright. Down in Louisiana, where the alligators grow so mean. That little dog girl that I swear to the world made the alligators look tame. Poke salad and it. Welcome back. <laughs> All right. So, pokeweed was fun. <laughs> pokeweed was fun. It was really fun. I love talking about old-timey medicine. <laughs> uh, but we wanted to leave you with another reminder of our poor postal service and uh, and what you can do to help it. And it's not as as toxic or difficult as pokeweed. Uh, you can just DM us your information your we'd like your address or an address that you would like stuff sent to and we will send you a cute little care package a little 
a little package, a little hello from your witches. If you want to put in a little description of like, hey, my friend's really been feeling down and I want to surprise them. And if you could, you know, include a one card tarot reading, I'll take requests. Fuck it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. So <laughs> I would I would really love to send some mail, whether it's to listeners or to friends or family of listeners. So DM us an address. We'll send you a little 5C2P Lindsay Ronnie care package. And again, we've got stamps. We've got global stamps. So hit us up on our Instagram. Send us a DM, 5C2P pod. Or you can send us a lengthy email at 5C2P pod at Gmail. And we'll send you some mail. Support our postal service. Yeah, dude. Totally. Before we're done... I've heard a rumor. What's that? That giant pandas are getting it on. Again? Well, I feel like Engineer Dan has the scoop on this one. Oh, I bet he does. <laughs> I'm a, well, I, I mean, I'm the bee guy. And, and the panda. And the panda. I, I am a panda. I am a panda. <laughs> you have panda questions, Ronnie? Is that what's I, going on? I have panda questions because you mentioned something this morning. Uh, and about like pandas getting it on again because way back when quarantine first started, we discussed how pandas in zoos were starting to have more sex now that they are there wasn't external pressure to perform yeah. and you know, like they weren't stressed out. There was no people in the zoos and they were just randomly starting to do it. But you mentioned something this morning about specifically giant pandas maybe getting it on or having more babies or. Well, let me tell you real quick, Ronnie. Okay. Uh, us pandas, all right. It's not that we're we were stressed out that you come and <laughs> check out pandas at the zoo. I've, I I go to the meetings. <laughs> I talk to the pandas. <laughs> Just that you're they're generally disinterested in perf- <laughs> in, in posing for pictures and performing for your sorry asses. You <laughs> you being the the people of the world that would pay money to go see a panda in captivity, giant pandas. <laughs> rule there are probably about a thousand of them out in the wild and those giant pandas because they are out in the wild they are getting it on oh right here's the problem here's the rub here's where pandas don't give a (laughs) fuck (laughs) the fertility cycle of a female panda is about 72 total hours a year Wow. That would be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) If I could only get pregnant 72 hours a year, that'd be amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, pandas, again, I'm going to speak on behalf of them, so forgive me if I say we pandas. But we've evolved to let you know that you're you're fucking boring. (laughs) We'll do what we want, when we want, and we'll make more pandas if we so choose. We have a little tiny window to do it, and no, the giant pandas in captivity, which do live a little longer than the pandas in the wild, are going to go ahead, and uh, they're not getting it on. There's an artificial insemination situation going oh. on. They are artificially inseminating the captive pandas because of the very narrow fertility cycle. <laughs> they're not taking any chances that the Aww. panda's going to feel like it this year. And their proclivity to you know do what they want when they want regardless of their small fertility window. They're not pandas aren't trying to make more pandas. <laughs> not for the sake of you, not for the sake of you camera holding tourists with your panda shirts and so on and so forth. But yes, the National Zoo in America has uh, recently and excitedly delivered some news that they have a potentially positive pregnancy from an ultrasound 
of a giant panda. Aww. Could be one, could be more than one. Quite frankly, on behalf of pandas, as I look into Google, people are asking questions. Popular panda search, do giant pandas lay eggs? Wow. That's how fucking oh. stupid <laughs> people are. And that's what, pa- and you know, pandas can sense that. We are, we are very <laughs> intuitive and we understand that you're all a bunch of mouth-breathing morons, and we will have babies when we want to have babies. <laughs> this really makes me think we should have a stronger warning label on some of our herbicodes. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, but no, really. <laughs> I mean, l- let's be honest. Pa- pandas are named after, like, th- they are named, like, thing that eats bamboo. That's what panda translates into. <laughs> And until <laughs> and until very recently, pandas were pandas, and then they were like, hey, that thing over there, that red thing that looks like a raccoon, that also eats bamboo. That must be a cousin to the panda. Let's call it our red panda. <laughs> February of this year, February 2020, they're like, hey, maybe there are two different species of red panda because secretive as pandas are, we don't give a fuck. We're, you know, we're always changing. <laughs> We're always changing. If you guys want to be a panda, and I don't recommend doing this because it's not good for you, <laughs> eat some bamboo. <laughs> oh, man. Welcome to the family. <laughs> all right, all right, Engineer Dan, I have one more panda question related to the giant panda pregnancy, potential pregnancy. How long is the gestation period for a panda baby? Do you Is that something you are privy to? Like, When could we expect to celebrate baby panda? Well, we're not even confirming that there is, in fact, a pregnancy, first of all. Right. Second of all, uh, it's not a sitting-on-the-egg-to-hatch-it situation, <laughs> dear listener. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, I do not confidently or comfortably want to divulge that information, <laughs> lest my panda brethren get mad at me for giving you guys more information than, you've, than they've decided that you need to know. Fair enough. <laughs> Sounds like pandas just really like their privacy. That's yeah. What. No. Yep. <laughs> They're big, beautiful, big, beautiful creatures. <laughs> they do what they want. They say what they want. They fuck when they want. <laughs> they eat what they want. Their diet includes everything, yet they're named after this fucking stick they tend to eat a lot of. <laughs> Much like pokeweed, they're eating what's around. <laughs> and there are a lot of bamboo around, so they're like, fuck it, we'll eat this. No one else is eating it. <laughs> so I love you, pandas. Make more if you want. You know, stop making pandas. I feel like the fact that the panda population is about to have a spike during this pandemic is the pandas are like deciding that they want to stick around to see the end of this movie that is humanity. <laughs> <laughs> population boom in pandas, and I don't. It, yeah, I've read that there's both going to be a population boom post COVID and a population decline post COVID. I don't. Pe- people aren't difficult. Yeah, <laughs> it's but just going to end up evening it, itself out. Well, let me tell you a little quick story. If you have a seventy-two hour fertility cycle a year, <laughs> there's never going to be a boom. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to be happy that they're still around. <laughs> and I don't care who reports it. That's just oh fucking common sense. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> well. I appreciate your uh, your panda insight, Engineer Dan. <laughs> Thank you for the venue to talk about my brethren. <laughs> <laughs> Always a pleasure. <laughs> Feel free to uh, to share your, to share your panda facts, <laughs> and uh, until then, again, 
send us your information, send us an address where you want some some cool shit sent, and we will do that. Until next week. No pervs, no Nazis. Totally. Panda!